Hi everyone, I'm Frank Rock and welcome to the From the Hack podcast for week 34 of the 2017-2018 curling season. This week we are joined by Laura Crocker and Kirk Myers, fresh off their victory at the 2018 Canadian Mixed Doubles Championship. And we are also joined by Kristen Streifel and Carson Sturmey, who each led their team from the University of Alberta to victories at the U Sports Curling Canada Championship. All that and more this week, but first, Canadian musician and non-curler extraordinaire Jimmy Reed plays us into the podcast. It was an incredibly busy week in Canadian curling with a number of national championships taking place. Let's start in Leduc, Alberta, which hosted national championships in mixed doubles, wheelchair curling, and both the university and college championships. In the Canadian mixed doubles championship, Joanne Courtney and Reed Carruthers were on hand to defend their title in an event that included a number of surprises in the round robin. However, when it came down to the semifinals, there were three teams that most people expected to go deep at the event, and one team that most people had never even heard of before. Kadriana Sahedek and Colton Lott, the Manitoba champions, went undefeated through the round robin and made their way to the semi-final. Lott is a young but solid player who won two national junior championships with Matt Dunstone and who curled with Pat Simmons on the 19th ranked team in the world this season. The real surprise was 18-year-old Kadriana Sahedek, who prior to arriving in Leduc had never competed outside of Manitoba and who was experiencing arena ice for the first time. The Manitoba champions defeated the experienced team of Chelsea Carey and Colin Hodgson in one semifinal, while the new duo of Laura Crocker and Kirk Myers, formed because Crocker's usual partner and fiancé Jeff Walker was at the Men's Worlds in Vegas, defeated the defending champions of Courtney and Carruthers in the other semifinal. In the championship final, the team of Crocker and Myers took a 5-2 lead in the first half, but had to score two points in the eighth to secure an 8-7 victory. Both Laura Crocker and Kirk Myers joined from the hack to discuss their victory at the Canadian Mixed Doubles Championship, starting with Laura Crocker. So Laura, it's been a few hours now since you and Kirk Myers won the 2018 Canadian Mixed Doubles Championship. Has it sunk in yet what the two of you were able to accomplish this weekend in Leduc? Uh, yeah, we're pretty proud of ourselves. We um, are fairly new as a team together, and um, Kirk just came in and, and played lights out with me and made my job pretty easy and um, it's starting to all sink in now being home for a couple of hours I'm honestly I've been sitting on the couch for most of it just relaxing and thinking letting it all sink in and um, getting back to people's messages and stuff but uh, we're pretty excited to be going to Sweden in a few weeks. I want to take you back to the final for a moment. It looked like you and Kirk had taken control of the game when you still wanted to take a 5-2 lead at the break, but Kadriana and Colton, Team Manitoba, managed to keep you under pressure much of the second half. Did something change in the second half of that game? Did it ever feel like it was starting to slip away for you a little? Or was it simply a case of them starting to make more shots and your team simply making a half shot here and there after playing so well in the first half? Yeah, you know, we it's mixed doubles, so we never allowed ourselves to feel too comfortable even with a three-point lead. We kind of said that to each other, that we had to really stay focused and not let our minds get away from us and start to feel comfortable because it's anybody's game still in mixed doubles. And definitely in the second half, I didn't make uh, – there's a couple ends where I didn't make my freeze, my first shot quite as well as I did in the first half. I think I really nailed that in the first half. In the second half, I had a couple that were a bit heavy, which left them some opportunities. And when you don't make your first one, you're scrambling the rest of the end to – 
to catch back up and not give up a big end in mixed doubles when there's so few rocks. So I think that was the biggest difference in a couple of ends there. I just didn't quite make my first one. And then um, on their power play, he missed one shot in the power play, you're in big trouble. And um, maybe we made a bit of a strategy error on, on Kirk's last one. We should have maybe just hit uh, over on the side where we knew we'd have a pretty good chance to make a double um, looking back. But, no, full credit to to Team Manitoba, they made a ton of shots against us, and I don't know if we necessarily felt it slipping away. There was maybe a bit of a moment of panic there in the seventh end, but being down one with with your power play is still a pretty good position to be in, so we just made sure we told ourselves that going into that eighth end and knew we'd have to make our shots. So tell me about that last shot of the championship final. You had an otherwise relatively simple hit for two, except for the fact that it was for a national championship. Yeah, definitely. It's You have a lot going through your mind. Your body is feels a lot different. Your heart's racing a little bit. Um, everything's just set a little bit different when you're throwing those shots, so you have to really focus. I just really tried to focus on my routine and, and took a couple deep deep breaths before I threw so that um, I, I didn't miss anything, and I, I kind of calmed my body down and um, just really focused on what I had to do and put the end result out of my mind until the shot was over. So, so you know, it was a relatively easy shot. I, I'm pretty happy that that was the shot that we had um, to win that game. But, yeah, really just kind of relied on Kirk to keep me calm and focused and uh, threw it how I needed to. Can you talk for a moment about the performance of Team Manitoba, specifically Kadriana Sahidak, who had never played on an arena ice or in an event outside of Manitoba before this weekend, yet her and Colton Lott went into the final undefeated and you and Kirk had to play lights out much of the afternoon to beat them? Oh, man, she blew us away. Like, she made a ton of, of great shots and they really had her delivery figured out too. Like her, her rocks would curl a little bit more than maybe some of ours would, just being her first time on arena ice. And they knew exactly where to put the broom for her and her weight was dialed in. And uh, for her to play in those those pressure games, especially in the playoffs, and to, to put themselves in a position to be up one in the last end of a national final, like you have to give both of them kudos. Colton played really, really well against us and I'm sure he played great in the rest of the games as well like it's we were just super impressed with both of them and yeah kudos to them for sure you and Kirk had played mixed doubles together before but not at an event of this magnitude what was it about the two of you that you were able to get in sync so quickly this weekend losing only one game um Kirk and I have been friends for a long time we go back to some of our Canadian juniors uh, back in those days so we've known each other for a while so we we at least had that you know we were comfortable with each other we had that to fall back on but Kirk is just an incredible teammate. I, I don't know if I've played with many better teammates, men or women out there. He uh, knows how to motivate you. He knows how uh, to focus, to calm you down. He made some incredibly big shots out there. Like, mixed doubles is hard, and we're going to miss some shots. We're not going to be that precise. But when we really needed a big shot, he, he would make them. And um, I think just how, how you know, calm and, and positive he is out on the ice makes it really easy to be his teammate no matter who you are. So he made my job easy for sure, and we just seemed to kind of click and, and work really well together right from the start. So when your regular partner and fiancé, Jeff Walker, and Team Gushu won the briar, it created a scheduling conflict for Jeff because the Worlds in Vegas started this weekend. As the story goes, you approach Kirk in the patch at the briar and Regina to be your partner, which seems to be a uniquely curling way for a championship team to form. Can you share that story with our audience? Because we had played together uh, last year in Brantford, I knew that he would be a pretty natural choice uh, for me, so I knew I wanted uh, to ask him, but I had to wait to see who was going to win the briar, obviously. Um, and and as soon as 
we knew that Jeff was still alive and Kirk's team wasn't anymore. That was the night that we were both in, in the patch, and I went up to him and I, I prefaced it with, I have not had that much to drink. This is a serious question, and asked him if he wanted to come play with me if Jeff were to win, and I don't think I had even finished my sentence before he said yes. So that um, is a true story. That just happened in Regina, and then I even kind of texted him the next day to be like, I was serious. Were you serious? And he was. So, yeah, and it was just a kind of a natural fit because we had played together before, and um, now I'm, I'm really glad he said yes. You played against a few international teams earlier this season at an event, uh, and I'm assuming you watched the mixed doubles at the Olympics and at last year's Worlds. Is the game played fairly similarly to what you experienced in Leduc, or will you have to alter your style a little bit once you get to Sweden for the World Championship? I think that's uh, what's so fun about mixed doubles is that every team plays it a little bit differently there's a few different ways especially when you you run into the power play and that sort of thing everyone has their own kind of uh style i think in the the traditional ends it'll be pretty similar we're all trying to get to the middle first it's the race to the middle so it's it's just all going to come down to shot making we're going to play some really great teams and i think if we can make our shots with some of the precision that we made this week against some really great canadian teams we should uh be right in there but you never know when, when you get over there we'll have to see how the ice is and what teams are doing against each other and we have a great uh, coach and leader with us there Jeff Stoughton who I'm sure will have some some tips for us and we'll be watching the other countries and we're really grateful to be going there with him because he has a, a ton of mixed doubles experience and I'm sure he'll be a huge asset for us. I'm hoping you can help me out with something here, Laura. When I speak to members of different men's and women's teams, they tell me that it can take up to a full season for a team to hit their stride when they add a new player to the fold. Meanwhile, the two most important mixed doubles events held in Canada this season have been won by teams that were put together at the last minute and had only got to practice together once. Laws and Morris at the Olympic trials, and now you and Kirk at nationals. Do you have any insights on perhaps why mixed doubles teams are able to mesh together so much more quickly? Yeah, well, I guess in mixed doubles, you only have to get along with one person, not three other people, so that's a starter. Um, but, no, I think that such a big part of mixed doubles is just the shot making. Like, it's really, and that's one of the things I really like about it is that it, it brings the, sh- the straight, pure shot making back um, into curling. You don't have a broom sometimes to throw at. You don't have two sweepers. You just have to get out there and make your shots, and really it exposes you if you're not making your shots. It's one missed shot, and... Um, and end is completely turned around, and the game is completely turned around. So I think um, that's part of it. Is that as long as as long as you can find a way to work with your partner uh, to get your shots made, that's the biggest the biggest thing. And I mean, you take two players like John and Caitlin, who are both already Olympic gold medalists, and you put them together, and you know they're going to be close on just about everything. So I think um, maybe the as long as you know you find a way to work together and um, you don't hold anything back and you communicate really well, which I, I think something Kirk and I did really well this week was we just we talked a lot and we just got things figured out. If you can get the ice figured out, the rocks figured out, and you're close on all your shots, then you're going to be there at the end of the week and um, you're going to give yourself a chance. And finally, Laura, you recently announced a new lineup for your women's team starting next season. Can you share with our audience what this new lineup will look like? Yeah, I'm really excited. I'm, I will be skipping again. I haven't skipped uh, since the previous quadrennial, and um, I will have Nicole Sigvaldson at third. She played last year with Shannon Burchard. Um, and then Brittany Tran at second, who played the last couple years with Sherilyn Ramsey in Calgary, and Heather Rogers at lead, who played with uh, Nadine Scotland, also in Calgary. So all of us uh, kind of have some experience at our positions and are, are really excited and keen to work together and, and, and make a really strong team here in Alberta. So I'm really looking forward to playing with them. They've, they've been messaging me this afternoon. They've been following along the mixed doubles. They've been uh, super supportive about it, and um, I'm really looking forward to it. 
Kirk Meyer has also joined us to discuss his team's victory and how he experienced his first ever Canadian Mixed Doubles Championship. Kirk, over the past several seasons, you've become best known as a member of Team Laycock, and you had not played much mixed doubles heading into this year's Canadian Mixed Doubles Championship in Leduc, Alberta. How happy and perhaps surprised are you to be 2018 Canadian Mixed Doubles Champion? Yeah, it's pretty uh, It's pretty crazy. I get a little, uh, the hair stands up in my arms a little bit when you say you're national champion and you get to wear the red and white at a world. At a world, uh, it's pretty crazy. So I, I don't know if it's necessarily hit me yet, but it is pretty crazy. I, I certainly wouldn't have thought it was going to be in mixed doubles, uh, especially a few years ago. But, uh, um, man, uh, the mixed doubles game is a fun game, and it's sure catching on, and, and people seem to love it. So I'm just honored to be a part of it all and and, and get to be one of those uh, kind of earlier teams to win one of these. And hopefully uh, we can break the, the world drought and, and win a world title for Canada for the first time in mixed doubles. I want to take you back to the final for a moment. When you and Laura were hitting on all cylinders at the start of the game, you were communicating very well on every shot, took a 5-2 lead, and then in the second half, the momentum seemed to switch a little bit. From your perspective, was it simply a case of a half shot here and there that allowed Zahidak and Lott to get back into the game, or did they switch things up a little on you and Laura? Um, you know, it might have been a little bit of both. From from my perspective, I think it was more uh, just almost just a half shot. I mean, uh, it doesn't doesn't really take much, as we always talk about in mixed doubles. Um, I had a I guess a brain fart on my first one in seven when I went through the house, and and in mixed doubles that's all it takes. And now we're now we're throwing runbacks in areas that we don't normally play in mixed doubles, and uh, and looking at four pretty quick. So um, I think that's probably more more than anything what it was. If I throw my first one there in the eight foot, probably a totally different story. But at the end of the day, um, everyone's going to miss a few shots here and there, and and uh, we battled through it, and Laura made a pistol in seven to keep us in it, and um, we got the break in eight, and, and now we're uh, going to world. I want to ask you one question that I also asked Laura when I spoke to her for this week's podcast. Can you talk for a moment about the performance specifically of Kadriana Sahidak of Team Manitoba, who had never played on arena ice or in an event outside of Manitoba before this weekend, yet her and Colton Lott went into the final undefeated, and it took you and Laura to be lights out pretty much all game to beat them in that championship final. Yeah, it was. they, they played amazing, and... Uh... Quite frankly, she was uh, she was on fire, and she's a she's a winner too. Um, you know, she's never been in those big situations yet, but she was making pistol after pistol. And when they drew for their second point in the second end, I go, holy smokes! I said, she's a she's a quite a player, and she made a another pistol for two, and in, in, in I believe five it was. It's amazing that uh, she was able to hold her composure and and keep playing uh, as good as she w- was all week, obviously, and and they knew it too. They they. They had iced her perfectly throughout the week. They knew exactly to where her rocks were going to go. Um, she needs to stick with the game because she's going to be. Uh, she could be one of the best uh, in a few years, and she's only 18 too. So it's, it's mind-boggling how well they played. Now, as the story goes, you were approached by Laura to be your partner in Leduc, while both of you were in the Briar Patch at the Briar in Regina. Can you share that story with our audience from your perspective? <laughs> I think I was I was having a drink uh, I was having a drink with my girlfriend and we were just having a good time in, in the in the patch and then obviously Laura was there cheering on Jeff and so she comes over to me and she said Kirk we were out by then I think it was probably Friday night uh, just we'd got off the ice she goes Kirk if Jeff happens to win this uh, I need a mixed doubles partner are you in and I said absolutely no doubt about it and so we just kind of went about it had a good evening and then the next day she texts me she goes were you serious when you were talking about that last night? I said, absolutely. I said, I, I love this game. I, any chance I get to play, I'm in. So we, she thought maybe I was uh, I was saying a drunk yes, but it was more uh, I was excited to go play. So 
Um, that, that's kind of how it happened. And then uh, we met up in Leduc, had a practice uh, against John Epping and Dana Ferguson on Wednesday night, and then got into it. And um, halfway through the week, all of a sudden we're going, hmm, things are rolling pretty good. You never know here. And uh, lo and behold, we ended up winning it. I realized that you had played in a mixed doubles event with Laura before, but you in particular had never played in a mixed doubles event of this magnitude. Was there any apprehension on your part entering the event, and what do you think allowed you and Laura to get in sync so quickly? Uh, you know, there was really no apprehension to, to take a jump and, and try it out and, and, and go and play a national championship. Anytime you get a chance to do that, it's pretty exciting. So um, I was excited uh, at the opportunity for sure to go and do it. Um, you know, I think what we, we just, uh, maybe we have a good, uh, I mean, winning is always easy, and when you're winning, it's always easy to have a good dynamic, but I think the big one is just our communication protocols we really put in place, and um, with the way we really uh, were able to work together to understand the nuances of the ice, um, that can be very tough in four-person curling when you have four people on the sheet, much less uh, now in mixed doubles with two, so I think that was the biggest thing for us, is really, really, really honing in on, on sharing the information that we're seeing out there and understanding the nuances of the ice. And then uh, just really kind of staying smart on the strategy front. It's easy to get kind of greedy and, and then blow a, give a four or five point uh, uh, end away, but we kind of just said to ourselves, if we give up two points, give up three points, that's okay. We'll just keep slugging away. So I think uh, Laura called a, an amazing game and, and our communication. I think those were the two, the two kind of things that allowed us to, to flourish. So how excited are you to represent Canada for the first time uh, since the World Juniors in 2011? And will anything from that experience help you as you prepare for the World Mixed Doubles Championship in Sweden? Uh, you know, I think so. I, I think when you're kind of 19, 20 years old and you get a chance to go there, you, you, you sometimes maybe make, make it bigger than it is. Um, I think perspective is going to help us a lot this time around. You know, we obviously want to go there. We want to win. We want to compete. We want to win a gold medal for Canada more than anything. But, you know, at the end of the day, we're going to be able to come home. Our families are going to be here. Our loved ones are going to be here. And uh, life will go on. So I think that's going to help us kind of relax, kind of take a step back and allow ourselves to play a little more free than maybe we did at the last, or myself anyways, at the last uh, World Championship. And uh, I think it will allow us to really kind of, throw good stones too and really have good success too so I think that's really going to help is just perspective on life and finally Kirk you recently announced a new lineup for your men's team starting next season can you share with our audience what this new lineup will look like yeah so I'm I'm taking over the skipping role and uh, so I'm skipping uh, Kevin and Dan Marsh who are twin brothers from Saskatchewan here and then my older brother Dallin is going to play lead on the team so we got two sets of brothers um, it'll be pretty exciting. I think it's a good story, especially if we could start playing pretty good. And so it'll be exciting kind of, we're all young guys. It's going to be exciting to kind of move up the ranks and learn and get better together in the next four or five years and, and hopefully, uh, get a chance at the Olympics and, and win a briar for Saskatchewan. I, um, some people may not have heard, uh, that listen to the podcast of the Marsh boys, but he, they obviously played with, uh, our old teammate Colton Flash last year. And they've been really two of the best players in Saskatchewan for a long, long time. And, just because they haven't been to a briar doesn't mean they're not good enough. They're, they're two of the best players in Canada. So I think, uh, I think it'll be an exciting ride, and we're all excited to get going and excited to learn. So I can't wait for next season, come August, September, and getting on the ice and getting practicing with those guys. Also in the Duke last week, the Canadian Wheelchair Championship took place, with Saskatchewan defeating Manitoba 11-1 in the final, with Skip Marie Wright adding a national championship to the bronze medal she recently won at the Paralympics in Korea. Speaking of the Paralympics, two of Wright's teammates in Pyeongchang, Dennis Thiessen and Jamie Ansu, were on the Manitoba team that lost in the final. 
Meanwhile, at the Canadian Senior Championship in Stratford, Ontario, Sherry Anderson and her team from Saskatchewan defended their national title by defeating Mary Matatal and her team from Nova Scotia 7-6 in the women's final. In the men's final, Brian Cochran of Ontario won his second Canadian senior title in three years by defeating Terry Odishaw's team from New Brunswick 5-2 in the final. Back in Leduc, Alberta, both the National University and College Championships were contested last week. In the Canadian College Men's Championship, the Douglas Royals, with Canadian and World Junior Champion Sterling Middleton at third, defeated the Fanshawe Falcons 7-3. But Fanshawe managed to leave Leduc with a national title when their women's team defeated the Camelson Chargers in the Canadian College Women's Final by a score of 5-4. In the Youth Sports Curling Canada Men's Championship, Carson Sturmey and his team from the University of Alberta, who earlier this season fell one win short of the Briar when they lost in the final of the Alberta Tanker to Team Botcher, defeated the University of Winnipeg skipped by J.T. Ryan by a score of 6-4. Sturmey joined from the hack to discuss his team's national championship win. Carson, you played in your third consecutive Canadian University final on the weekend. How did it feel to finally break through and win your first championship? Oh, it was definitely a very special moment. I don't think it's fully set in yet. I know my team and I have put in a lot of really hard work and determination over the past three, four, five years. So to finally see that payoff was pretty special. It certainly looked like your team brought your A game to the championship final, shooting 90% as a team. Was there a turning point for you in the game, perhaps the steal in the fifth end? Or did you feel like your team was in control most of the way? Yeah, I'm extremely proud of how my team played. I definitely felt that we brought our uh, A game to that one. Uh, we had uh, we had control of the game the whole way. We were fortunate enough to crack a deuce in the uh, first stand, so I think that was really good to get off to a big start. And then we kind of maintained control on the scoreboard throughout the whole game. So very well played from start to finish. So tell me about you and your sister each winning a Canadian University Championship within minutes of each other. Were you peeking at their scoreboard every once in a while to see how they were doing? Yeah, absolutely. I'd love to say I was uh, completely 100% focused on my game, uh, but I think I may have glanced over once or twice to see how the little sister was doing, and she was doing pretty well, so that was nice to see. Your university finals ended mid-afternoon on Thursday, and then you and Selena hit the ice for your first draw of the Canadian Mixed Doubles Championship a few hours later. I know you scored two points in the first end of that first game in the Mixed Doubles, but how difficult was it to make that transition from the euphoria of winning nationals and then having to turn around so quickly and start playing another nationals? Oh, it was definitely quite a tough uh, turnaround uh, to come from such an emotional high and then to go back and start square one in a competition is quite difficult. However, we uh, played a pretty good game, actually. We had a shot to win in the eighth end, a pretty straightforward no-hit that we were just a little wide on. So uh, can't really be too mad about how we started off our mixed doubles. Tell me about your first experience at a Canadian Mixed Doubles. Uh, there seemed to be a really good mix of experienced teams, many that included elite players, along with younger teams taking their first steps at the national level in Mixed Doubles. Yeah, I think it's wonderful the way they have the field set up, that it is such a large field of 32 teams, and you have provincial representatives and teams that get in on points. I think that makes it a lot more of an inclusive format, so I'm really happy with that, and I just really enjoy the Mixed Doubles game overall. I feel like it really showcases the athleticism of our athletes. Your team has had a pretty good winter season. You also made the final at the Alberta Men's Provincials a little bit earlier, losing to Team Botcher. Can you talk about that experience and how it might have helped you prepare for the university championship? 
Yeah, it was definitely a pretty phenomenal run, uh, especially considering that that was my first month, Provincials. Uh, but I really think we learned a lot of important things from that. Uh, we really focused during that championship on just taking it one game at a time, focusing on the process, and just putting forward our best half of the game out there. And that we kind of took that mindset forward into the U Sports Championship. And I think uh, just really focusing on only what we can control out there helped us a lot. And finally, Carson, you're part of a strong group of young teams that have emerged over the past couple of years, including Team Tardy out of BC, Team Horgan out of Northern Ontario, and Team Ryan out of Manitoba. Yet none of the players on those teams were asked to join more experienced teams for the next Olympic cycle, the way it often happened in the past when it was felt that it was best for young players to get experience playing front end at the elite level. Most of these young teams have made some noise at men's provincials over the past couple of years. You've had some success on the World Curling Tour. Do you view this as an opportunity for for you and perhaps the other young teams that will soon start playing more regularly on the World Curling Tour to step up your games and perhaps make some noise and challenge for spots in Grand Slam events, the Briar, and eventually the next Olympic trials. Oh, well, it's actually quite interesting that you bring that up because I think you can look at it in two different respects. I think you can look at it in one respect that you do have a lot of really talented young players coming out the pipe and that the future of Canadian curling is really in good hands with all that bright talent. Uh, but the other way you can look at it, too, is uh, just with a lot of the different uh, teams that have been formed recently. It's really just been uh, uh, mixing and matching within trials teams. And I think Curling Canada might have to look at some things like uh, the rules they're bringing forward, like the import rule, because I think an unintended consequence of rules like that are kind of it discourages uh, young players coming out of juniors being picked up on elite teams uh, because uh, in like teams like players like Mark Kennedy, Scott Pfeiffer, uh, those kind of guys got onto good teams because they were young talent coming out of juniors and uh, older experienced teams. A spot would open up on that team and they had to kind of uh, pick within the province to fill that open spot. So I think with uh, rules like the import rule, while they are really great in making sure that uh, at the elite level of the sport that uh, the best teams can be formed, I'm not sure it's completely conducive to the development of the game as a whole because it kind of discourages uh, anything but trials teams mixing and matching. Meanwhile, in the U Sports Curling Canada Women's Final, it was 2017 Canadian curling champion skip Kristen Streifel and her team, also from the University of Alberta, who defeated the Thompson Rivers Wolfpack skip by 2013 Canadian junior champion Corinne Brown by a score of 6-3. Streifel joined from the hack to discuss her team's victory. Kristen, last year you skipped the University of Alberta women's team to a bronze medal at the Canadian University Championship, or the U Sport Championship as it were. How excited, proud, and perhaps a little relieved were you that your team was able to take that next step this year and win the U Sport Curling Canada Women's Championship? Yeah, I mean, that's what we were gearing up for all season, and we kind of aimed our, our schedule to uh, compete at the best of our abilities during that week, and... Um, we knew that the gold was definitely in reach, and we just had to go out there and be comfortable with the ice and kind of take advantage of being in a home arena and with all our friends and family there. And that gold was definitely something we were we were working hard for, especially after coming off of a bronze medal win from last year. What lessons did you take from last year's U Sport Championship that perhaps helped you and the team prepare for this year's event in Leduc? So last year's championship was definitely really good because we got to see that the university level is becoming a lot better and teams are taking it a lot more seriously. And we knew that last season would be a little bit different because 
this season, the winner obviously goes on to the Universide Games. So we knew that the competition might be a little bit steeper, and we kind of got a taste of that at Western this past season. Um, we noticed some really great teams that, that showed up this season that weren't there last year. And so we knew that it was going to be a big battle, and especially the fact that we were playing in, our home, in a home arena really put the target on our backs. And so our goal was just to get comfortable with the ice and uh, learn from each game. And we, it, it definitely wasn't easy winning gold um, this year, but we knew we could battle through an early loss and just kind of get rolling when playoffs began. So tell me about playing the university championship in front of what was essentially a home crowd. Playing at home can be a double-edged sword sometimes, and I was just wondering how you and your team went about dealing with the pressures of playing such an important event at home. Yeah, I will definitely say that the atmosphere was absolutely electrifying. It was so cool. In there, we had so many friends and family that came out to watch us, and um, pressure really is a privilege, and that's kind of a model that I've always live by and in our world pressure is an indication to play really good and so we kind of turn that pressure into a lot of positive energy and the crowd was really loud and especially in our final we knew that the team we were playing against had a lot of fans there too and that was great for us because after every shot when you hear everybody erupt it it just gives you that little boost of I guess, what we turned into energy. And for me, that is kind of the little fire that I need in order to play my best game. So uh, we really fed off the crowd. And uh, again, that was something that we were preparing for. And, and we were definitely in the right, right mindset to be playing at home and get comfortable with the environment. Three quarters of the championship team for the University of Alberta, everyone except a second, the Selena Sturme, played together in events on the World Curling Tour this season. And to be fair, your results in those events were probably not as good as you would have liked them to be. Were you apprehensive heading into the university championship about the form your team had shown this season and whether you would be able to bring your A game to Leduc? Well, I'll be honest in saying that this season definitely got off to a slow start, and we didn't have that jump into ladies that we expected to have. We knew that it would be a completely new ball game, and two of the girls had already been playing in ladies, but for me, it was it was making that big step up. And in a way, it, people say when they get back from the Olympics, it's kind of like the next year is just a little bit, they're okay with kind of stepping back a little bit and taking a bit of a break and maybe a reduced schedule. And for us, this year was quite a bit different in ladies. I think every event we did play was, in the end, it was gearing up for this championship. And we knew that maybe we weren't going to be the team that goes to the Scotties, but at the end of the season, we we need to peak for this. And this was three of our last years in playing for the University of Alberta. So we really wanted to come out with a bang, and we knew that this was kind of the ultimate carrot at the end. So as as much as we didn't do so well at the beginning of the season, we were in a way, I guess, kind of okay with that. And we're all nearing the end of our degrees. So um, we, we balanced life a little bit more this season, and we're focusing maybe a bit on school and but kind of after Christmas and after our provincial playdowns, um, our focus completely turned to Westerns and Nationals, and, and we were able to come out on top when we wanted to. 
And finally, Kristen, you now have a Canadian junior and a university championship to your name, and I guess the next logical step would be to win a women's provincial and earn that first trip to the Scotties. To that end, you recently announced that you would be skipping a new team next season. Can you share with our audience who will be on that team? Pretty stoked for next season. It's going to be a really exciting one. Uh, I will be playing out of Saskatchewan again. I'll still be finishing my school in Edmonton and training with my university team for our championships in March, but ultimately I will be um, competing in, at the Saskatchewan Provincials. And we have Brianne Meekin at lead, uh, Dana Demers at second, and Jolene Campbell uh, will be at third. And these are some girls that I'm extremely excited to play with. I, I've always looked up to Jolene, and in fact, I think I subbed for her the first for the first time about five years ago. And even before that, she had been playing against my mom for quite some time. And she was just always a curler that I I really saw how much intensity she brings to the ice. And she's just a great team player. So we had started talking and kind of brainstorming some ideas. And, and the rest of the puzzle pieces kind of fell into place with Dana and Brianne. And so, yeah, I'm, I'm really looking forward to next season. We're going to throw in some WCTs and ultimately hopefully do well in, in the Saskatchewan Provincials and maybe earn that ticket to the Scotties. And that does it for this abbreviated episode of the From the Hack podcast. Join us next week when we recap the men's worlds and look ahead to the Players' Championship. I'm Frank Rock, and this is From the Hack.